1: This month's rising agent is Stephanie Gesparovic with Colwell Banker Seacoast Realty in Hampstead, North Carolina. Last year she closed 57 transactions with a total sales volume of 10 million. Her average sales price was 175,000. 25 percent were buyers and 75 percent were sellers. She operates a team with nine members, one business manager, two administrators, three buyer specialists, two on-site agents, and one team leader. Stephanie Gesparovic is the team leader of Stephanie Gesperovic & Associates, Inc. She has been an agent for seven years. Stephanie specializes in selling new homes and lots for builders and developers. Stephanie is a natural fit with new home construction. Her father was a builder. When she moved to a new market, She leveraged that experience into relationships with developers and builders. Stephanie knows what home builders want, sold homes. Stephanie is a strong believer that knowledge is power. She quickly educated herself about the market players, conditions, and statistics. Stephanie generates new buyer leads with billboards, websites, social media, and reputation. She tracks her buyer leads and realtor contacts in a 3,000 person database. Stephanie developed a team to leverage her time and expertise. Her desire to spend time with her two year old daughter and child on the way motivated her to hire and train a staff to help with the workload. It's working. Stephanie's been able to reduce her work week from 80 to 20 hours. Now she's in the office Tuesdays and Thursdays and spends the other days of the week home with her daughter. First, a quick word from our sponsor, Real GTV, real estate agent lead generation television. Need more referrals? Get a free script and simple three part plan used by a top agent to receive and close 74 referral transactions in one year. Just go to freereferralscript.com. That's freereferralscript.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the call, Stephanie.
0: Hi, Mike. How are you?
1: Good, good Stephanie, great to have you with us. Stephanie, before we start talking about what you're doing now, let's go back for a minute and talk about what did you do before you got into real estate?
0: For real estate, I was actually a second grade teacher. So I went to college, got my degree in elementary education and taught for two years. And that was all I could handle. <laughs> so after um, after about two years, decided it wasn't exactly what I hoped it was going to be and um, decided to get my real estate license.
1: Why did you decide to go into real estate?
0: My dad was a builder when I was growing up and you know it's just one of those things I look back and I'm just like you know I'm not really sure why I did what I did but it was just kind of like a calling I think it was just like well let's try it get my license try it out and see how it works and ended up absolutely loving it.
1: When you got started, did you have a fast start or a slow start?
0: I would say the first six months were pretty slow. And, but then, you know, I actually, when I got started, I um, joined a team when I first got started. And we were actually living in Greensboro, North Carolina at the time. And I figured joining a team was a good way for me to learn the business quicker and just have a little bit more hands-on training with our team leader. And so I did that, and then we ended up moving. And when I moved, I I went out and did things on my own.
1: Okay, so you were with the team for the first six months or so?
0: I was, yeah.
1: And then you moved from one part of the state to another part?
0: Correct. Yep, we moved from um, Greensboro, North Carolina, down here um, to Hampstead, which is about, about 15 minutes from Wilmington, North Carolina.
1: Where is Hampstead, North Carolina?
0: We're halfway in between Wilmington and Jacksonville. So we have a very good mix of clients here. We've got you know people that are retiring, and then we've also got a big military base here too in Jacksonville. So we get a good mix of, of folks coming to the area.
1: Are you inland or are you on the coast?
0: We're on the coast.
1: Describe your current real estate market.
0: Right now, I would say you know our average prices are probably mid-twos, mid Low to mid twos. Days on market, probably about 120 days is what it's ranging right now. Um, so it's not bad. We, we actually have a very good, everybody always asks, you know, how's the market down there? And our answer is always pretty good.
1: Are you seeing any REOs or short sales in your market?
0: Definitely. Yes, I would say about one in four listings or, you know, people that we talk talked to are in a short sale foreclosure situation.
1: Do you see your prices there rising, falling, or steady?
0: They have definitely fallen in the past couple of years. But I would say right now, they're, we're hoping that we kind of keep it where it is right now. So they, did, they have been falling, and now we're kind of keeping it on a little bit of a plateau.
1: Do you have a niche or a specialization?
0: Yes. When we moved here to the Hampstead area, you know, a little south of Wilmington, I kind of looked around and... You know, there's so many, and I, I got in the business, I think it was '04. so, you know, oh five, oh six, those were the, the crazy times when anybody could be a real estate agent. <laughs> and, um, you know, we moved to Hampstead, and I just kind of looked around, and I was like, well, you know, there's so many realtors in Wilmington, but there's only, you know, maybe 10, 15 agents that really focus on the Hampstead area, and I was like, well, let me learn this area really well, you know, and so we... Pretty much that was my niche coming into the area, was learning Hampstead. Just because it was a unique location, a small town, but yet people still would ask about this area. So, you know, got into Hampstead and the new construction kind of started coming up a lot more and started doing a lot of new construction with my dad's background and, you know, me kind of growing up in that business. I was excited to work with builders. So um, we definitely, new construction is a big, big part of our business now.
1: What percentage of your business is new construction?
0: Probably too much. <laughs> but because um, I'm, I'm a big fan of not putting all your eggs in one basket, I think. I would say at least probably 75% of our business, close to 80, is new construction. And, you know, the reason is we've, we've worked with some builders in the past, probably about two or three years ago, you know, that just got hit hard by the banks. And we had a ton of business in new construction, and we lost a big share of it. Last year was kind of a rebuilding year for us. So, um, you know, this year we're kind of bouncing back. Um, last year was probably the, our worst year, you know, that we didn't, we didn't um, increase our sales volume. So we had a lot of personal stuff going on too, but but that was one of the reasons, you know, we just lost a lot of our new construction business due to the banks and, and a lot of other things happening. But, you know, we've, we've gotten some new builders that are strong and, and a lot of, you know, good working
1: relationships with some other builders
0: that we are really enjoying right now.
1: So you're seeing the new construction market come back?
0: Yes, definitely. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> it makes me happy. <laughs>
1: What do you attribute that to?
0: I think a lot of the builders had to um, kind of regroup and go back to a new game plan. And lot prices went down tremendously. So, you know, you had a lot of, we're working right now with a lot of subdivisions in neighborhoods that have been foreclosed on that were getting good lot prices from the banks and, you know, finding builders that are able to take down the lots at, at a pretty good pace.
1: Let's talk about your relationship with these builders and new construction. How did you break into that market? How did you start working with these builders?
0: Definitely remember, you know, coming back my first year was crazy. You know, when we first moved here, I was working nonstop. Now I was young, just married, you know, no no other really responsibilities and had to make this work. And I would personally, I made a lot of phone calls. I tried to set up lunch appointments. I would try to go by their offices. And one of the things I did too that I'll, I remember is, you know, getting started, you don't really have anything to offer them. So I looked through our local MLS systems and just tried to find lots and tracts of land that I thought builders might be interested in. And I would just do um, monthly kind of mailers and send them out, you know, hey, this is kind of what's been put on the market you know if you have any questions give me a ring now they weren't my listings they were somebody else's listings but um you know it was a good way to kind of get get out there and and make some contacts
1: you said you do that report monthly
0: yes yeah yeah if i recall i think i i printed something out monthly and just kind of sent it to the local builders that i knew were doing business in the area and that i wanted to kind of try to get a shot to work with
1: Of those methods, these phone calls, lunch appointments, office visits, and your report, which one was the most successful?
0: I did get some phone calls from the mailers, for sure. I I definitely remember having a local builder call me and ask me, and, you know, we didn't do anything with that project. And in fact, I don't think I have worked with him yet, but I have a very good relationship with him if the right thing comes along. But... I think my very first workings with the builder here was probably, if I recall, I think I ended up having a lot listing, as a matter of fact. And I had a builder that was coming into town that actually called on the listing, actually a superintendent called. And then the relationship kind of started from there where, you know, we, we looked at some other stuff. And so, and then once I, I you know, started working with him, You know, your name kind of starts getting out there a little bit. You start getting phone calls from other builders, from other agents, and it just kind of grows from there.
1: Do you help the builders go out and find the raw land and a large parcel and help them subdivide it up? Or are you looking more for spot lots?
0: Both. My husband actually is on our team. He's a real estate attorney, and he owned his own practice, you know, when we first moved down here, started his own real estate Closing practice in North Carolina. Attorneys are the only ones that can do closings. So he started that. And when we had our baby two years ago, he ended up selling his practice and coming to work with with me and the team. And part of his job is actually trying to find um, tracks and and um, land for builders. I am not as heavily involved in that, but I do know a little bit. He knows a whole lot more than I do about that. You know, the actual developing of it. But I work a lot more so with lot prices. And then once I do take certain lots down, what we need to put on the ground product-wise.
1: How many builders are you currently working with?
0: I would say probably currently with current active listing inventory, we have, I think, four right now. But we definitely have some relationships that we are either starting or... In the future, you know, I would I would say probably at least ten or fifteen builders that we have a a good relationship with with that we can call, you know, if we have something or um, know of a good track of land or something that we think would fit what they they do.
1: The builders that you're working with, how many units are they typically producing in a year?
0: It ranges. We have some builders that probably do about twenty a year and then we have some that do over 100, 200.
1: With these builders, what are you doing for them? Are you selling their product after it's been completed or are you getting into the process earlier, i.e. helping them find the land, helping them prepare the floor plans and the type of property they're going to want to build? Where do you get into the process?
0: Early. We try to early, you know, if that's our goal, if we can get in earlier on. Um, because, you know, we have a really good grasp of what product needs to be out there um, and what buyers are looking for so we definitely try to get early on um, and help them you know pick the product and then you know our goal in helping them do that is that we get the marketing and the listings on it and then you know that's that's where we end up making our our money is is you know listing the property
1: your income from builders is all commission based yes do you have any on-site salespeople?
0: yeah we do we have um right now we have two neighborhoods that have um full time on site agents at, and we're working on a couple more that we will probably we actually we we you know on site is good if we can have on site we think it's great when we don't have to have an on site agent um you know if the product's selling fast enough sometimes you don't need an on site agent but um to make it a, a very, you know, good, successful community, usually you would like to have a, a full-time agent out there.
1: Some of the builders do you not have on-site? You're just putting a sign up and fielding calls?
0: Yep, that's right. Yep.
1: Let's go back to how you opened up the number of builders that you're working with and how you got in with them initially. If somebody were going to try to duplicate what you've done, how would they go about it? What would you recommend That somebody who wants to open up a new construction division do first.
0: One of my things is knowledge is power, and you know if you're going to try to go in and work with some of these builders that are local or that are in the area, you really need to know what's you know what's selling, um, what's on the ground now, you know how much new construction is. You know these builders want to see their main thing is of course making money, so they want to see how to make a profit, and if you can show them. How they can make a profit. um, will listen. <laughs> so, I would just say be very knowledgeable about your your area, the homes that are on the ground now, and then you got to be aggressive. I mean, you have to um, you have to call them. You have to make appointments with them. Send them letters. Send them newsletters about yourself, about what you're doing, about what's going on in the area. You know, the more they see your name and face, then they'll say, hmm, maybe there's something to this girl. You know, you you never know.
1: Is there a particular type of message or call to action that you try to advertise? How are you trying to match up with the builders so that they see that you're an expert? Are you offering a certain service to them? Are you just putting your picture in front of them?
0: really offering so much of a service. Of course, we have an extensive, you know, marketing um, plan that we use when we do listings, and, you know, we have a lot of stuff that we work on. So, yeah, so when you when you talk to them and they're interested in, in working with you, then you can kind of go in and show them, okay, look, this is what I can give you. This is what I do different than, than anybody else in the industry, and, you know, try to explain to them why they should work with you. Now, we are very... Um, Realtor heavy here whereas you know some parts of the country I know you know builders don't really hire a real estate company to list their products but here in the Wilmington area almost every builder you know usually um, goes to a real estate company because that's where the buyers are coming from is is the realtors so you know that's important to us too is the realtor outreach and, and making sure builders see that as well
1: tell me more about The realtor outreach, what do you mean by that?
0: We have a lot of subdivisions and neighborhoods that we market. Well, within our company, you know, we get it out to the agents. We see them as our clients, really, um, because we know most of the time that when we see a buyer walk in the door, they're already working with an agent, Um, whether it's from relocation departments or, um, you know, internet, phone calls, you know, they've already got an agent that they're working with most of the time. So we really, really try to push our neighborhood's products to the agents. And that's part of our job, you know, working with these builders is we have a very good rapport with the agents in the area and, you know, know what entices them to bring buyers.
1: You mentioned that when you go out to establish a relationship with a builder, you'll try to do a lunch appointment. What kind of things do you discuss during that first appointment?
0: I like to be very personable with people, talk to them. Like, you know, even when you talk to me about this interview, of course, everybody loves to talk about themselves. (laughs) So, um, you know, just trying to build a personal relationship with these people and just, you know, where they're from, what, you know, what got them into building. Do they have kids? Do they live in the area? And then, you know, once you start building the rapport and you see that, we're all just people, (laughs) you know, Um, then you, then you can start talking, you know, about what you know. And like I said before, knowledge is power and, you know, explaining to them, you know, what's happening in the market. Um, That's, you know, what they love to hear is what, what is going on? What are, you know, what's selling? If my product's selling, why isn't it selling? What can I do to make it sell? And those are the answers that you need to have for them.
1: Do you get pulled in on problem solving where they built a product that's not selling? It's not popular?
0: Sure, we've definitely had some instances where we've we've taken over some listings you know from previous builders um, and just you know here bottom line when it comes down to yes, there's definitely some product things that they could change, but most of the time it's pricing, and you know if things are not selling, we really need to look at pricing um. That's probably the number one thing. And then maybe looking at what they're putting in their houses to cut out some of the costs to get the prices down.
1: It's very price sensitive right now.
0: Definitely, definitely. Right now what we're seeing is a lot of square footage for less money. So the most square footage you can get for for less money is usually what is selling. Now we have some other instances where you know we might have a buyer that's a little bit above that, and, and wants a little bit extra features um, for that
1: pricing. I keep going back to establishing relationships with builders. You mentioned phone calls. What do you say when you call up the builder?
0: Gosh, you know it's been so long since I've made you know some of those first phone calls. But um, you know, just pretty much introducing myself. I'll never forget when I first came down here, and I don't even know what I what I said when I called, but I remember I accidentally called the owner of one of our competitors here. And, um, and I don't even know what I said to him, but I, I never, I will never forget. He kind of laughed and he said, honey, you know what? Did you know you called the owner of Century 21? And I was like, no, sir, I didn't. And he said, well, I'll tell you what, you, you definitely, I appreciate your phone call and I wish more agents, you know, did this, what you're doing. And it kind of like gave me like, well, okay, you know, um, that conversation didn't really go anywhere any business wise, but it kind of gave me like a little boost, like, you know, you just have to be aggressive. And even if you make a fool of yourself, people are going to see that you're trying. Um, And I think that's what's important.
1: You mentioned office visits. How would you approach the office visit? Would you walk in with something to hand them? Would you give them a card? Did you have something prepared in what you were going to say?
0: most of the time it was, you know, just dropping something off or, um, you know, I definitely tried to make some appointments if I could, you know, Hey, let me just come in and talk to you a couple of minutes. I just want to get to meet you. And, and even just, you know, letting them talk, let me see what kind of product you have. What are you building right now? Um, I might have some buyers that are interested and then, you know, just kind of, and then going in and explaining, you know, my background and just saying, you know, while well, my dad was a builder, I really love the building industry. And, you know, if, if, um, you guys are ever looking for land or need some help, you know, definitely give me a ring and, you know, just trying to set those relationships up. And then once you set them up, you know, you can make that second and third phone call and, and, and talk to them more. So I think it's the initial, the initial thing that's hard. But once you do that until they say, stop calling me, you keep calling.
1: <laughs> you've mentioned a couple times, this knowledge base, you've grew up in a family that was doing construction did you add to that knowledge by taking any classes or any type of program that you would recommend somebody do?
0: Not with new constructions. You know, I thought about getting my GC license, general contractor license, never really did it. Um, I think it's just, you know, I, I think growing up, I learned a lot. Um, so no, I, I never did really take any, any special classes for it.
1: You've also mentioned again that you mailed out a monthly report in the beginning. Do you still mail out that report?
0: I don't. know. it's been a long time since I have, and I think you know we've we've built the the relationship so much now that we really don't have to. I guess prove our our knowledge. Um, I think everybody kind of knows that we are pretty well known for the new construction in this market right now, and um, you know we can. If not, then we can go in and and pretty much show them you know what we've done in the past but right now we're just trying to focus on our clients that we're working with we're really not trying to to go out and get a whole lot of new business Um, we're working with some really good builders right now that you know we would like to continue to work with and um, and help them them grow so and they have the capabilities of, of doing that and and us all making a pretty good income
1: when these builders are working with you to sell their product, are they working exclusively with you? Or are they also working with other real estate agents as a seller's agent or a seller's representative?
0: There's a mix. Um, we definitely do have some that work exclusively with us, but then we also do work with some that um, do work with other agents in different areas, uh, maybe further north or south, and you know, where, where we're kind of reaching out a little bit of our expertise um, with product. So, yeah, there's definitely a mix, and, you know, it's it's great because we can work with those agents. Um, and we do have a couple that are, you know, in the area, too, that, you know, if it doesn't work well for a certain neighborhood, then we kind of refer them to another neighborhood.
1: When you're working with these builders, are you selling typically one house at a time on one lot, or are you typically selling a subdivision?
0: Most of the time, selling out a subdivision. We'll, we'll come across a builder who's building on a few lots here and there, but um, it's kind of rare right now. But most of the time, it's you know working the full subdivision.
1: Typically, what size is that subdivision? How many units are they trying to sell?
0: I would say um, a good probably between 30 to 100 lots is our average around here.
1: Are they typically houses or other product types?
0: most single family residents. I've never done a condo or townhome project or, or anything really else. It's always pretty much been single family.
1: What does the builder expect from you? What tasks do they want you to accomplish?
0: One of the main things is, uh, as I mentioned before, is realtor outreach. I'm with um, Cobble Banker here, and we're probably the largest company in the area. Um, we have you know, over 200, close to 300 agents. So. A big part of that is you know making sure our product is in front of those agents um, as much as it can be, and then you know going to the other agencies and and discussing with them you know the product that we have so definitely number one realtor outreach I would say number two is just you know mailers and flyers and email blasts and that sort of thing to our database and our our clients and the leads that we get into from our websites and stuff like that so Marketing, realtor outreach, um, you know, and just helping them in general. If, if they have an issue that comes up, um, you know, we're, we're there to help too. If somebody needs to get into a house or, you know, there might be a small issue with a maybe a small leak and they need somebody to go out there real quick, you know, just trying to help them as much
1: as we can. So it's basically that marketing and sales function. How would you characterize the difference between the marketing and sales of new construction versus uh, resale property?
0: There's not much difference. You know, new construction is, in my mind, a, sometimes a little easier to sell because it is new, and um, you don't have to really worry about, you know, inspection problems too much or um, any any older problems that the house might have. But um, And sometimes, you know, a lot of times, too, here – People will get in early enough where they can pick out, you know, everything that they want to build in the house, which is nice. So I would say a little bit easier, um, especially in this market where we've got a lot of sellers that bought so high and now their house values are down a lot lower than they were before. So, you know, most of the time builders that are building right now are building. we We don't have to worry about that. You know, we don't have to worry about short sale or foreclosure. Um, so there's, you know, there's pros and cons.
1: Do you write up the contract when their purchase comes in, or does the builder or one of their staff members do that?
0: Well, we work a little differently. I have a team, so I personally now um, don't do, you know, don't really work with the buyers or directly with, you know, the sellers. It's more the either the on-site agent who's out there will write up the contracts or the agent that's representing the buyer some of our builders have their own contracts and then some just use our standard north carolina
1: forms either way you and your team are writing up the contract yes let's talk about your experience with short sales you said you're doing some short sales
0: we do i will say that i personally you know, when I when I formed a team um, was right when things started. We were seeing so many short sales. And I personally was so involved in the new construction that I kind of referred a lot of that stuff out. So a lot of my team members have done the short sales. I have never really worked intensively, exclusively on, you know, a short sale deal. My husband has done hundreds of them as being real estate attorney. So he knows, you know, the the full process. And I can speak a little bit about them, but um, not to the extent that I know some of these other agents can.
1: So you delegated that out to team members and you have your number one partner, your husband, help with some of those technical details. Does he still work on the short sales?
0: Sure, definitely. If any of our agents, you know, and, and like I said, now I'm at the point where I'm not really dealing with, um, buyers or resale sellers, um, you know everything does get marketed underneath me and underneath my name. But if any of the agents that are working with them, you know, have questions or need help, they definitely can ask my husband Lad um, to help them out.
1: Past clients, how are you stimulating past client business?
0: I would say that's probably been one of our things that we are really trying to work harder on, um, and you know, right now it's just more of just we haven't found a great database system that we've loved. (laughs) And we're finally, I'm hoping this year, finally trying to get that worked out. But, you know, it's all about just kind of keeping in contact with them. Um, I would tell you social media has been great recently. You know, this past year, two years, that's been a great thing to have is, you know, Facebook is huge for um, past clients, you know, looking them up, seeing how they're doing. We've created – you know, a, a page. I, I have a personal page, of course, and then we have a business page. So we try to get all of our clients, our past clients, you know, to like our business page, and then that kind of keeps them in touch with what what's happening with us and has our name and face, so they try to remember us as much as possible. But um, but yeah, I mean, we definitely try to make phone calls and and send out. Um, we do send out a quarterly newsletter. That just kind of goes over what's happening in the area, and um, sometimes we'll do like little contests and stuff like that and we um tell we always show you know our newest homeowners and and what they've bought and welcome them into kind of our family kind of thing so those are small things that we kind of try to do.
1: You are using social media, you said you're on Facebook. How are you getting people to like your page?
0: The social media stuff is is new and upcoming and actually at our last team meeting we were talking about doing some more kind of contests and stuff like that and how we can get some folks to, um, you know, to, to like our page. And I've seen some other realtors in the area, kind of same thing, you know, just like our page and, you know, you're entered into a drawing and, and stuff like that. So, you know, we'll probably be doing some stuff like that in the future. Right now it's just more of um, personal clients that we work with that don't have a problem liking our page. <laughs> so.
1: What do you have up on your page and how often do you update it?
0: I have an administrator who actually does a lot of it. I personally don't do too much unless I, you know, see something that I want to put on there. But we do have um, a girl that goes in there and does a lot of our social media stuff for us. So she puts, you know, anytime um, we've sold a house, um, we try to get the homeowners to, you know, put a little picture of them and say congratulations and, you know, this I think that's good and it also um, breathes a little bit of energy into some of our subdivisions and people are like, oh, you know, somebody bought out there, What, you know, what's happening out there? Let me check it out. You know, so we, that's kind of the purpose of us doing that is hopefully to gain more momentum in, in some of our other subdivisions and neighborhoods. So we'll do that. Um, we put... We, of course, put you know quotes if we see something that's interesting or if we see some really good articles on real estate or especially relating to our area. We always usually msn or or some of these other companies you know will put Wilmington, I think we were ranked number seven for something recently, you know so we would just always try to put that on there. And I'm just trying to think what else we i mean we we definitely are in there daily, that's for sure.
1: What other things are you doing to bring business in?
0: Well, I would say, you know, one of the big things that I did starting out, too, and um, I probably couldn't have afforded it, but I did it, was doing billboards and signage. Um, and I think that helped just kind of start promoting myself and getting my name out there. I think maybe I'd done two or three transactions, and I was like, well, I'm going to put up a billboard. You know, when you put up a billboard, people think you're you're doing something. So, um, I think that helped a whole lot, and, you know, I've consistently kept those up throughout the years. And I will tell you, that's been a really big source of business is just people calling and saying, I see your signs everywhere. I know you must be doing, you know, something. (laughs) So that's why I called. We really get a lot of those phone calls. So that's been a good source of, I think, our income. Now it's very hard to track how much of your business is coming in from billboards and signage. but you know you you hear those comments a lot, so you know it's doing something. So we've used that quite a bit, and we also, of course, are heavily invested in the internet and website and track and getting internet leads.
1: How many billboards do you have up
0: right now? Well, we've had an issue with our county with signage, <laughs> so it's not a good time to ask. But um, I have two up right now. Well, I take that back. Probably. Three. Um, I've got two up in the Hampstead area and one that we have a digital board in Wilmington. So probably three right now. Now, in our area, we are allowed to put certain signage up. So, you know, a four by eight sign, that kind of thing for neighborhoods. So we recently had to take those down. So we're kind of lacking in our signage right now. Um, So usually there's a whole lot more than there is.
1: How many did you have up?
0: Probably two or three, I think, at the most, like, billboard billboards is the most I've ever had. But, um, you know, we – a lot of our business is done on a pretty major highway. And on that highway, we try to direct people to our neighborhoods that are, you know, off the highway. And from there, I would put up, you know, several four-by-eight signs. So I would say at one point, you know, we would have the three billboards plus plus five, you know, four-by-eight signs everywhere. So – we get a lot of a lot of traffic that
1: way What did you put on the billboard and on the sign was it just some words was it the picture what was on there
0: My face <laughs> My face and my name So yeah I mean just promoting yourself and I think people you know they see that and they're like she looks like a nice person you know I think people just try to they see a a person a real life person that they can call and talk to and I think that gives them a good a good feeling.
1: How did you tie it into real estate? Can you tell us what the billboard said?
0: My first one, um, you know, I can't even remember my first design, but I know it had a picture and um, it was more of, you know, we lived towards the coast, so it definitely had a a coastal kind of feel to it. And I can't remember exactly what I, I put on there, but, you know, over the years, like my one that I have up now, and I use some of our billboards to promote subdivisions too. So, but the one that I have just exclusively for me is just my name, my picture, my logo. Um, it just has my face and it has, you know, Stephanie Kasparovic and associates. And I think at the top, it says top company, top agent, um, and then our phone number. So just simple, you know, with billboards, you can't put a lot of information on there.
1: The signs, do they have the same information or are they in a different format?
0: Yeah, most of the signage that we put up um, or is for certain neighborhoods or listings that we have. So it's hard to get away with, you know, putting just a sign <laughs> up of yourself. Um, so we pretty much have to be marketing something. But when I do market my subdivisions, I put my, my picture on there as well.
1: You said you're marketing and advertising on the Internet. What are you doing there?
0: We actually are just going to a brand new website platform. Um, We're going to use a company called Real Estate Webmasters to do our new website. And um, that should be launching in the next month. And it's just kind of bringing us to a new level where it also has a back end, kind of like a CRM um, integrated with our website, which I think is going to help us a lot just, you know, keeping track of everything. Um, But, you know, Internet presence is huge. I a really good thing that, you know, there's a lot of competition right now, but I was lucky enough that I started a website when I first started it. So I've got a lot of traffic and a lot of history on my website now, so it gets very good ranking. Um, We do do some pay-per-click ads for Google, um, but I have an administrative staff that I call my geek squad. (laughs) And, you know, because I'm definitely not – I use technology, I love technology, but I'm definitely not smart enough to go in and do all the codes and SEO search and all that stuff. So I've hired somebody to, to do that part of it, um, and they help with our ranking and, you know, things that we need to do. We're big on video right now, putting videos of our houses, videos of ourselves, um, testimonial videos from clients, anything video we can do. We're trying to implement on our website. Now, if you go to my website today, it's not going to show that. (laughs) So check it out in a month.
1: (laughs) So it's all in process.
0: It's in process right now. Um, You know, we've we've used it. We're using it. And we use YouTube. So a lot of times, recently, one of the coolest videos I think we did was for a subdivision in Wilmington. And um, it was just a neat, it was kind of like a movie. You know, we we created this um, neat feel to it. And it was something that we were using to help promote to for the realtors and showed it at a meeting and it was just a really neat way to get some people out there and you know we have that on our youtube site and you know we'll probably keep it on the neighborhood's website and stuff like that
1: now a quick word from our sponsor real GTV, real estate agent lead generation television where top agents reveal exactly how they create consistent flows of home buyer and home seller leads into their practices every month Need more leads? Hit the pause button right now. Open Google and search RealGTV. That's R-E-A-L-G dot TV. Now, back to the show. Did you produce that video in-house?
0: We did, yeah. Actually, one of my agents has a good friend that is um, here in Wilmington. There's a big movie production. It's called Screen Gems. They film One Tree Hill here and a couple other, you know, movies and shows and he works for them. And, um, you know, he just helped us out on a, on a side job kind of thing. So we're going to try to use him for some other stuff.
1: It sounds like you like to network and go through your sphere of influence to make connections with working partners like builders, but also to find people who do video and do you do a lot of your, your work that way through your network?
0: Yeah, we've tried. Um, we really have tried. And, you know, we're members of the Chamber of Commerce and, um, you know, several businesses around here. You know, we work with them. And we're actually, that's one of our goals, you know, this in 2012 is to really make a big business presence and, um, you know, kind of use them as exclusive vendors for us in hopes that, you know, they will help us advertise what our business, too. So, that's one thing that we're really going to work on this next year.
1: Do you use any other type of Internet marketing?
0: Yeah, we're definitely, I mean, I would say all those avenues that you can work, work on. Um, we're on LinkedIn. We're on Twitter. I am not a big, um, I'm not, I don't know how to use them as well as I do Facebook Um but yes, I definitely, you know, I have, like I said before, I have two administrators and one is pretty heavily involved in our social media part. And she, she pretty much manages the, the Twitter accounts and the LinkedIn accounts and tells me what I need to do. So,
1: When leads come in, how do you capture them? Is it all being done on a manual system in writing or do you have some type of electronic system or database? How do you capture leads that are coming in?
0: electronically now, but I would say in the beginning, manual is the best way. I mean, just because you you have a hands-on, you know, there's so many different ways you can do it. But when you get to a point, um, you know, where you've got so much coming in, you have to move to another system. And so right now, we've, we're definitely electronic. Um, actually, one of our administrative staff takes care of it. She's just using a Google program right now, just because we've tried some of the CRMs and just have not been happy with what it can do. And so, you know, right now we're just using a Google platform until we get this new website and database up and running.
1: Do you know what that Google platform is?
0: Google document that she has created some sort of, yeah, she's created some sort of spreadsheet in and, you know, keeps track of them there that way.
1: How do you follow up with the leads? Do you have any kind of standardized follow-up system?
0: We try to put them on an action plan, so it depends on what they're calling in about, what their motivation is, depends on how much we call them or how, you know, how often if we've got somebody that's not looking to move and, you know, for another five years, well, we're not going to spend as much time on them as we are somebody that needs to move within 60 days. So, you know, we've got definitely different action plans that we set up for each of them, and each agent is responsible for, you know, setting up that action plan.
1: So you don't have a standardized action plan, like if lead A is somebody moving in 60 days and a B lead is somebody moving in 120. Do you have that type of action plan or each one is individually tailored?
0: It's kind of individually tailored. I will say, you know, I think all of those things are great. And, you know, but you do have to, you have to feel out the per- person. Um, and, you know, what my agents have done too is that, you know, they try to feel them out and say, okay, is this person somebody that I'm going to need to call daily? And if so, you know, they put on their calendar every day to call that person, you know, or if this is, you know, they kind of, I let them kind of take the, the feel because, you know, I am big on scripts. I am, I think that's important, but I do, every person is different and you can't have one sheet of paper that, you know, pertains to 10 different people. So um, we definitely do have action plans that are set up. You know, I think Top Producer and all these other companies that are out there have standard action plans. But for me, I've always just been more personable and just trying to get to know these people to figure out what the right thing for them is.
1: What was the worst marketing method that you tried? What did not work?
0: I don't know. In my mind, anything you try, whether it fails or not is, is good. You know, it's like, if you're putting your name and your face out there, even if it bombs, at least you put your name and your face out there. I really can't think of anything that we've done that is completely just not done a good job.
1: You mentioned that what you try to do is make sure your name and your face gets on every marketing piece.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Now we are moving, I will say this, we are moving to more of a team approach where, you know, I just had a, we had a baby two years ago and we're probably going to have another baby soon. And so we are probably moving to a team approach where I'm not so prominent, but, you know, the name is still there, but I'm just kind of highlighting our team members a little bit more. um, So they're recognized that, you know, anybody that does come in knows that they can work with them on the same level that they could work with me.
1: How do you plan on making that transition?
0: Honestly, probably taking my face off (laughs) more things and just kind of putting the the team logo and the team um, name and that kind of stuff a little bit more. So, you know, less of just Stephanie, 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 more of Team Gasparra, kind of thing.
1: Will you put a picture of the team up there, the people in the team?
0: Teams are always changing. So I don't know. We've had some, you know, turn around and, you know, you always have folks kind of, coming in and out. And we've had work with new agents that, you know, it's just, you just never know. So.
1: First, let's talk about sellers. I like, you're working with a lot of builders. How many listings do you currently have?
0: It's a hard number to gauge just because we don't put a lot of our listings in MLS. You know, like um, if we're working on a subdivision, we're not going to list every single lot that is out there. Um, but in the MLS right now, I think we have um, it's about 70 listings, active listings, but that does not include the majority of the rest of the subdivisions.
1: Are those all houses or are some of those lots?
0: Yeah, it's about half and half actually. Um, half lots, half single family homes right now.
1: Do you go out and find landowners that need to sell raw land?
0: Yes, but I will say land is very hard to sell right now. So a lot of our listings are from previous subdivisions that or have either been maybe foreclosed on or getting ready to be foreclosed on. You know, we've worked with a couple developers in the past years that have just been sitting on land and, you know, needing to sell, and we're just trying to actually find builders um, to help go in there just because land is so hard to sell right now to your average um, homeowner.
1: Define the difference between a developer and a builder.
0: Developers are just, you know, folks that have bought a big tract of land and they subdivide the lots. So, you know, it was happening a lot in the past. It's not happening so much right now just because the cost for developing is, you know, you, banks used to give out development loans and they really don't do that anymore. Um, so, you know, developers are the folks that are out there. They bought a big track of land. They subdivided the lots. They need builders to come in and buy those lots from them. Um, to make the subdivision work. So that's the difference.
1: Are you working with both developers and builders or just the builders?
0: Most of the time, both. If we get in from the ground, you know, we, we work with the developers and then help them find builders for that subdivision.
1: Several of these lots that you have listed then are for developers. Correct. And they're looking for individuals to come in and build their own home and basically buy those lots up.
0: Right, exactly.
1: Why would a developer or a builder hire you? What's your competitive advantage?
0: I go back to the whole knowledge thing. I think we've proven ourselves here in the market in the area um we've been successful at selling um every year we've you know increased our our volume i think um when you sit down in a room and a meeting with us, we talk knowledgefully we we're professional we treat it as a business and we're honest and open, and we tell them like it is. We're not going to give them a lot of fluff. <laughs> so I think the people that appreciate that are, are the folks that we end up working with.
1: Do you have some type of standard listing presentation that you're making to either a developer or a builder?
0: No, not so much. You know, we definitely have a listing presentation that we use for our, our resale clients, a standard thing. But when I'm meeting with the builder or developer that's going to build, you know, 5, 10, 15 homes, I kind of go in and pull a lot of personal research, you know, just um, what I know that they're looking at, you know, projects that they might be interested in. And then, yes, of course I do bring in some of our stuff that we've done. I pull up ranking reports of, you know, us compared to our competitors in the area, what we've done in the past, that sort of thing. But I don't have a standard, standard presentation for them. But we definitely do have a standard listing presentation for our Normal resale clients that you know my agents on the team use.
1: Are you matching up developers with builders and builders with developers? Are you focusing on that end of the process?
0: Yeah, I'm more so focused on that part of our our, our business right now than I am with um, you know the each and you know my role has changed a lot since I've started. So it's it's a lot different. You know, before of course I was working with every client, every customer. Um, now I, just, I I can't, I physically can't. So it's, you know, I'm kind of managing, trying to help bring in the business. And then from there, delegating the business out um, and, and matching, even we've gotten to the point where we're matching builders up with certain agents within our team that will work well with them.
1: Once you are working with a builder and they are in the process of building a home or the home is completed, how do you Find a buyer. How do you market that property?
0: There's different avenues. Depends on, of course, where it is. Like I said before, we live in um, an area where we're halfway between Jacksonville and Wilmington, so we get a lot of military buyers. Um, and it depends on the price point. Is you know if we'll get those military buyers. So of course, if we're we think it's we're gonna get you know half military, half you know somewhere else, and we focus a lot of our time and efforts on the Internet for the military and just, you know, different military sites and that sort of thing. We actually get a lot of relocation from Wilmington into Hampstead, where we are now, for schools. So we promote our schools pretty heavily. Um, But just, you know, marketing-wise, you know, Internet presence is huge. Uh, We will do some... um, apartment mailings we've got a subdivision now that has you know homes in the 120s so for that we have done some apartment mailings just because you know for rent you can pretty much buy a house cheaper now than you can rent
1: what are you doing with the military buyers you said you're going out on some type of military website
0: there's military by is a good military website we just have a lot of um Connections, you know, the military is big with one person from the military moves in. Usually they have friends or family that are also moving in, too. So um, military has been great with referrals. You know, if they're happy, then they're going to send their friends and family there. So we, you know, just try to keep a good relationship with the people that move in there.
1: So you try to stimulate referral business from the military, and you try to get that initial relationship Do you go on the base? Do you post things on the base? Uh, Do you stand outside the base with a sign and balloons? How do you get their attention?
0: I personally haven't done that, um, but we definitely have agents that have gone and and done that sort of thing that handle those communities in that area for
1: sure. How many buyers are you currently working with?
0: Me personally, zero. (laughs) But um, our our team definitely has a good database of them. And I, I can't give you the exact amount right now, just with our database situation that we have going on. But we have a database of over, you know, 3,000 people that we send stuff out to, and most of that database is, you know, people that are looking to or have moved or, you know, folks that are interested in real estate in our area. So, hands-on right now, how many we're working with, I, I really can't give you an accurate number.
1: Let's talk about the 3,000-person database. How often are you sending things out to those people? How often are you contacting the people in that database?
0: It varies. We usually try, you know, people are getting so many emails these days, so we don't like to send them a lot on a daily basis. We try to send them emails when we have either a big event coming up um, or we've had a huge price reduction in a subdivision. Um, And of course, you know, all these people we've tried to, you know, narrow down to, to what they're interested in is what they'll get mailed. But Um, And we even, you know, of course, we have some realtors in our database, too. So we, you know, send them things when we have things that they might be interested in.
1: Who's in that database and how did you develop it?
0: Just time. Of course, we've got a bunch of realtors in there because we know those are are a good source of our business. And we know they're going to bring the clients. Um, But then, you know, just over time, just, you know, anytime we get a lead that's sent in, they go in our database anytime you know we talk to somebody that's interested they go in our database so it's just over time you just collect these these people
1: the criteria to put them in your database is simply that they're interested in real estate and they've contacted you
0: yep yep pretty much yeah i mean we have people that call that say i've been seeing your emails and flyers for the past 2 years we're ready to do something now so you know just trying to keep them in and like i said you know my big thing is until they say stop you keep going. <laughs> and honestly, we've only we've only had maybe two or three instances where we've ever had somebody call in and say, "Please stop sending me stuff. I'm not interested. I never will be interested, you know." So, and then we would say, "Okay, we're sorry and we'll take you off and, you know, thank you for your time." But you most of the time don't get those folks.
1: Why would a buyer hire you? What is your competitive advantage with a buyer?
0: Again, I'll go back to knowledge. And that's what I try to push my agents to tell them, you know, we're trying to get them the absolute best deal that they can get because that's what a buyer wants. They want to get the best deal. We know the area so well that we can show you the exact house you want for the least price that you want to pay. Um, we get, you know, we find out what their needs are and, and we find in that house and I think that's important too. And of course, when you have people that are relocating to the area, you need to be knowledgeable about the area and sell them on the area first before they even buy a house. So, you know, knowledge about the area and what they can do and what's fun and if they have kids, where they'll go to school and, and that sort of thing. And I I think it just all comes down to um again, a personal relationship with these people and just showing them, yes, we do have great stats. We're number, you know, we're the number one team in our area, but Besides that, we know what we're doing. And I think just kind of proving to them that we'll handle all of their stress. Don't worry. (laughs) You know, we'll take care of from start to finish.
1: Do you set an appointment with the buyer to sit down with them and discuss the buying process before you show them homes? Or do you and your agents just go out and show homes right off the bat?
0: No, we try to stay away from that. That's our absolute last avenue to take. If we absolutely have to meet them out of the property, we will. But we definitely try to get them to come into office first because there we get to know them a little bit better. They're not wasting our time. You know, we know that they're not wasting our time. We know that they're a serious buyer. Um, we get to feel them out and and explain to them, you know, what's going to happen, you know, how the process will go, and, and go from there.
1: In North Carolina, do you practice? buyer agency or buyer brokerage?
0: Yeah, we do have buyer agency here.
1: Do you require a buyer to sign a buyer agency agreement before you'll show them homes?
0: Yes. (laughs) We have, you know, of course you run into situations where you you think clients are, are, you know, oh no, we're working with them, everything's good, and then they end up buying something with another agent or a for sale by owner, and, and then, you know, you've gotten out of the deal. <laughs> so we definitely have learned from our mistakes, and um, it's pretty much a requirement that they do have to sign a buyer agency agreement. And most of the time, buyers won't won't flinch because they, they understand and they know that they're working with people that know what they're doing.
1: You don't typically have any objection to someone signing a buyer agency.
0: No, we really don't. And I think if we do, the agents on the team know how to overcome those objections. But we... We've, usually don't.
1: Do you have a script for handling that objection when somebody doesn't want to sign the buyer agency?
0: Sure, I mean we'll go through role plays and stuff, but um we don't want to come across as being know-it-alls, but then we just say, you know, we just say to them, you know, we understand what's going on in this market. We know, you know, if you're going to work with any agent in the area, We are the people to work with. We know the area the best. We have the number one, you know, results. And, you know, you just show them stats and that sort of thing. And after you see numbers and that kind of stuff, most people don't object.
1: Do you attend the closings for either the sellers or the buyers?
0: Yeah, the agents on the team that are working with clients definitely do.
1: Let's talk about your team. Tell us the titles of the people on your team and how many people you have in each of those positions.
0: Sure. My husband is, of course, he's kind of considered our business manager. <laughs> and then we have two administrative employees that basically I have one that kind of handles our closing coordination, and she's also the person that handles, like, our social media and stuff. And then I have another lady that handles um, a lot of our paperwork plus a lot of our leads and lead tracking and that sort of thing. So we have two paid salaried employees and then from there i have three buyer's agents and i have one on-site agent that works for me at this time
1: the buyer agent and on-site agent they're pay the commission they're independent contractors yes what are your buyer agents responsible for what do you want them to do what are their tasks
0: oh man (laughs) every day you know they're we we like them to definitely get out there and prospect um you know when agents are starting out in the team we definitely give them a more formal kind of to-do list like these are items that you should be doing once they have a good book of business you know they're they're their own thing and they're they're doing what they need to do to close deals the whole you know thing with the team is i want my agents out there selling um i don't want them to have to worry about the paperwork and the minor things you know i want their Focus and attention to be to try to get sales. So that's their job is you know going out there, working with buyers, prospecting, networking, um, you know, cold calling if they need to. Just different ways of of getting their name. We have a bunch of agents right now that are taking the Brian Buffini class, and because um, they've already got a pretty good bu- good book of business, but it's you know how to manage people after the sale and how we can get, you know, referrals from them. So things like that is what they should be doing.
1: Do you have a quota system set up for those buyer agents? Do they have to sell a certain number of homes either per month or per year?
0: You know, at the beginning of each year, we go over goals with them. For the team, we try to keep everybody on a minimum of at least two transactions per per month. Um, that's kind of, you know, the team goal is every agent should do that that much and if they're not doing that much we kind of question it and look at it and figure out why but we you know we kind of track it down to them you know if they need to make a certain amount of money per year we we separate it into like three columns what they need to make what they would like to make and then if they had the best awesome year ever you know this is what they would make and then from that number we break it down into how many buyers appointments they need to go on to how many listing appointments how many from there how many phone calls do they need to make to get those um, you know, depending on their conversion ratio. So it's, we're, we're pretty big on our numbers and, you know, you have to be in order to, to figure out what you're going to make.
1: You mentioned listing appointments. Are your buyer specialists also working with sellers?
0: They are. Yes. Yes. So they are buying and, and listing agents. I will say in the beginning, um, that my agents, if they are new to the team, they are kind of required to to just let me preview to make sure that we are marketing a, a property that is priced correctly because on the team we we just do not take overpriced listings um so they are required to like let me look at it to make sure we've got everything priced and marketed right but yes they do take listings
1: let's talk about your on-site agent what are their responsibilities what are their tasks
0: right now we we have a kind of a different situation with one builder, so we kind of technically have two. But the one that works exclusively for me, um, you know, he's he's there five days a week, um, on site at community, and it's the same thing. You know, he's pretty much trying to get traffic to that community, so prospecting, networking, everything, but more so for the community, not for you know himself in general. Um, so those are those are his jobs, and of course, you know, he has to keep the model looking fresh and nice and, and that sort of stuff.
1: How many units are they selling in that subdivision?
0: We're averaging right now about two a month. And that's pretty much the average in every subdivision here in the area. We're not selling them off the shelves like hotcakes, but we're selling about two a month.
1: Your on-site agent, you said five days a week. Is he working Monday through Friday, or is he covering the weekend?
0: He covers the weekends. He is off one weekend a month. So we have a floater, uh, what we call a floater agent, that fills in on the days he's not there.
1: What days does he work?
0: It varies, but usually I think he's there, I believe he is there um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and then off, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday.
1: So those are the most busy days for a builder? Correct. On that site, do you have one model home or more?
0: Yes, just one model home.
1: The agents, how are they compensated? They're paid a percentage of the commission?
0: Correct. Yep, it's all commission-based.
1: And is a different commission based on whether they're working with a buyer or a seller?
0: Yes. For our general brokerage agents, we do have a general, um, you know, a, a set split for buyers and then a, a different split for sellers. Um, we do do kind of incentives throughout the month if they sell so many deals, you know, they'll get bumped up a little bit. And for our onsite agents, it's, you know, it kind of depends if there's another agent involved and if there is, there's one split if it's a self-sale where he has sold you know, the buyer without an agent, then it's another split.
1: The on-site agent, do they get paid a higher or lower split than somebody who's working out in retail?
0: No, I think it all kind of kind of works out in the end, you know, if you know what I mean. Um, it's just a different animal. You know, new, new homes is different than general brokerage. You, you know, you're working exclusively for a builder. You're not out there, you know, in the general public. So it's it's a little different.
1: Your agreement with the builder, does the commission vary based on whether you brought in the buyer or another agent brings in the buyer?
0: Yes, I know. Um, of course, we'll get a little bit of a higher commission split if we bring the buyer. You know, when we sign a listing agreement with the builder, it's a said commission, whether we bring the buyer or we don't. If there's another agent involved, of course, we're going to have to pay that other agent. Every, I would say every situation is a little different.
1: So basically, your agreement with the builder is they'll pay you a set percentage for any sale, and if you bring a buyer, you earn an additional commission?
0: Not additional to that, but, you know, we're not having to pay another agent. So, of course, we're going to get a little bit more.
1: The builder wouldn't be paying out as much as if another agent came into the transaction.
0: No, he's paying the same no matter what.
1: If another agent comes in, you'll basically split your fee with them, and if they don't, then it stays in-house.
0: Pretty much, yeah.
1: Do you prefer to hire experienced agents or inexperienced agents?
0: We've done both, and both have worked out either great or not great. Um, We definitely have had some turnover, that's for sure, and I think that's in any business. But right now I've got two great general brokerage agents. One was brand new, and he is phenomenal, and I've got one that has been experienced, and she is doing great. I mean, we just recently brought on another lady that's um, been in the business for a while, but she's kind of new, so to the team. But the other folks have been with me for a couple years now, and they're doing absolutely wonderful.
1: So you don't have a preference for experienced versus inexperienced?
0: I go back and forth.
1: <laughs> okay. Sometimes
0: I think I, I like experienced agents. Sometimes I think I like new agents. It just I don't have a preference. I just want somebody that understands the team concept, understands the value of it, and it's going to work hard.
1: Is everyone on the team licensed?
0: Yes. Well, no. I mean, the the agents are. The independent contractors are. But um, my administrative staff and my husband are not.
1: Why did you decide to start a team?
0: We had a lot of business coming in. And I think it, every agent might get to a point where you just can't handle it all and service everybody properly. So, you know, my first step, of course, when I started getting busy was to hire an administrative assistant and just help with mailings and paperwork and that sort of thing. And then it just kind of grew from there. And once I did that, more stuff came. And from there, I think I hired my first buyer's agent and it just kind of went off from there. Um, And then pretty soon, you know, we started getting builders and developers that we were working with. And then at that point, I couldn't handle the you know, the day-to-day clients and, you know, hired another agent to, to help me with that and and then hired another assistant, you know. So it just kind of grows. And I think, you know, the reason you do it is just because the amount of business. So, but I mean, but you can definitely handle, you know, a certain amount of business. But I do think it comes to a point where you need to balance, you know, work and, and life and what's important to you. And, you know, especially with us, we had our baby two years ago and she's, Definitely more important to me than, than any amount of money I would ever make. So, um, you know, I try to spend as much time with her as I can now. And we might take a, a little bit less money, but that's okay.
1: So, It sounds to me like you grew your team based out of the volume of the work was growing and you filled the need that way rather than try to build a team to hope that the volume shows up.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. You You have to know... As a team leader, I mean, you have to know what you're doing or your agents won't respect you or, or will say, why Why am I working for you, you know? So I think you need to, to prove yourself before you get to that point where you bring on other people to help you.
1: What technology are you using in your business?
0: As I mentioned before, we do a lot of, you know, internet presence. Video is really big. Um, you know, we even use... We just bought a little team flip cam that we'll go out and just put a um do a bunch of videos with. Um pictures, flyers. And we just do a lot of this on the internet and, and websites and stuff like that. Um we usually try to make our own websites for each subdivision that we do. Social media, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, we have like a live chat on our website where, you know, somebody can log in and you can talk to them be a chat. Um, just different things. And we're just trying to stay on top of everything. You know, I look, there's a couple of big players in our area and we actually are starting a, like a mastermind kind of group and just going to go over some stuff on, on, you know, what's new and innovative that we can do to, to grow our businesses.
1: Well, you've had a lot of ups and downs over the last couple of years in your market. You've got a pretty good sized team. Are you profitable?
0: Yeah, we definitely are profitable. I would like to be more profitable, <laughs> but we're profitable. <laughs> I think everybody would like to be a little bit more profitable. Well, I think, you know, going back again to, to starting a family and stuff, you know, I, I think everybody has different goals and, and what they what they want to do in life. And so to each is his own, you know, it's like if you – my my thing is I, I want to stay home a couple days a week with my baby and, you know, I want to be the one to raise her now some some other people aren't don't feel as strongly as that, and that's absolutely fine you know they're they're more career oriented and and want to work and and that's great, but you know for me um you yeah, know as being a former teacher and stuff, I just have a love for children and and so that was really important to me, and I wanted to make sure I had a business that I could do that with and this this has been able to to help me do that. But we could, you know, we could definitely make more money if I worked a little bit more. That's for sure. But being home with her you know, right now is is way more important to me. So,
1: you've designed your business around your lifestyle.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think in this business, you can definitely do that.
1: How do you keep control of your time?
0: That's a good question. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> um, I, you know, every day I, I do have a, a schedule. Um. I, I do feel I'm pretty good with time management, but um, part of the problem is, you know, my schedule and and what I do. You know, I'm in the office really only Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, Wednesdays is my day home, and Fridays usually I end up working from home too. So um, Mondays are a day for me to kind of catch up, and it's my time to just, you know, check emails, kind of go through things, figure out stuff. I try not to actually – get on the phone and talk to clients and stuff, you know, I, I just really kind of I focus my time when I – personal time comes first for me. You know, it's, and I think that's a good uh, number one rule for a lot of people. And I've, you know, I've dealt with some coaches too that have always said that, you know, plan out your personal time first, and then from there you fill in. Um, because if you don't have that personal time, you will get burned out so fast. And, you know, I think that's what happened the first couple of years. I just – I completely got burned out. And, um, now I make sure I put my personal time in before anything else.
1: How many hours do you work in a typical week?
0: Well, depends on who this interview is getting sent out to, because I'm sure my clients don't want to (laughs) hear, but for other agents, I, I really have a very light work week. Now in the office, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm here every Tuesdays and Thursdays, but the bad and the good and the bad part about real estate is it never goes away. So, and the bad part about working with my husband is it never goes away. <laughs> so, when he comes home, we always end up talking real estate um, and clients and issues. Um, so, hourly, gosh, I mean, work, work, work. I would say maybe 20 hours a week you know, but on a day-to-day basis, we're, you know, every day never fails. We're doing something within the business.
1: And you've designed it that way. You brought on the team to help leverage your time. So that was a good move. And there's nothing to be ashamed about. You're making sure that all the tasks get accomplished by the team members.
0: Right, right. And I will say being a team leader is a difficult thing. Managing real estate agents is hard. It really is because they're their own independent contractor. You know, they they don't technically work for you. You know, they they just help you with your business. And um, that's been one of the hardest things is managing for us um, and holding them accountable. And and I think that's the the toughest thing on being a team leader because you know it is your business. It should, it is your name, your face. But you've got these people that are helping you underneath, and you want them to do a good job. So,
1: your number of hours that you work in the week and your schedule—that changed how long ago?
0: Probably, honestly, just as past, since the baby, two years ago. Yeah, yeah, and even a year ago. Um, this year is the first year that I pretty much got a firm schedule. Um, last year, it was so all over the place, just you know, not knowing what day I would be in. You know, it was just kind of crazy. Um, the Before her, gosh, 80 hours a week. I mean, just nonstop. But, you know, I think you have to put that in, honestly, to, to figure out this whole real estate game and, and how you can make it work. So, um, but it does, you can make it work for you, you know, over time.
1: Do you have a business plan?
0: Sure, we absolutely do. You know, every year we set up a new plan. I mean, we have goals and objectives, and we have our values posted in our office. Yeah, everybody that comes in on our team knows knows what we're after.
1: How often do you review that plan?
0: We have quarterly goals, so but I will say at every team meeting, which is biweekly, we kind of go over our numbers and look at everything and see where we are contract-wise and closing-wise, and I think we have a goal of a hundred transactions this year and fifteen million in sales and we'll hit our volume. We'll may not hit our number of transactions, but that's just because our our dollar volume in our houses has gone up a little bit higher.
1: Are there certain numbers that are important to you that you try to track certain metrics?
0: We definitely try to we try to track our number of listings sides and our number of buyer sides. And then from there, we definitely track, you know, how many appointments these agents need to go on to to achieve that. Um, but, you know, overall, we look at our dollar volume and our transaction volume.
1: What drives you?
0: I would say I'm very competitive just in general. So I think that's a big drive. If I see somebody else is doing more than me, I want to find out why and you know, I wanna beat them. <laughs> so I think competitive umness is a is a big thing for me. Um I like to be number one. I do. And I think a lot of people feel that way they they want to be the best. So that drives me. Um and, you know, for me it's just I, I would say really that's one of my number one drives is just you know, probably having too big of an ego. <laughs>
1: Stephanie, why are you successful?
0: I would go back to exactly what I said before. Knowledge is power. And I think knowing my market, knowing what's happening. I think I'm a pretty, you know, I think I'm good with people. I, you know, I like to listen and see what's going on in their lives and get to know my clients on a personal level more so than just business. And I think that's important, you know because people then, they respect you, I think, a little bit more. So, And I just think, you know, just we've, my mom and dad owned their own business growing up, and I think I've seen that and um, known that that's something that I wanted to do and just kind of kept that in mind.
1: Stephanie, if you were going to advise a brand-new agent just getting into the business, what would you tell them to do first?
0: One of my big things is getting training. Training is huge. But, you know, every company will provide some sort of training, which I think is great. But I think the absolute best training you can get is one-on-one training with an agent that you can mentor, um, whether it be on a team, whether it be just somebody that is open and willing to, you know, go in with you. But I would make sure it's somebody that you respect, um, that you see that you would like to be one day and just say, hey. Can I shadow you for a week and and see what you do? And um, that's pretty much what I did. You know, I just kind of I wanted to learn the the ins and outs on a firsthand basis. You know, just how they talk with buyers, how they talk with sellers, where they show them property, um, all of that stuff. I think that's the most important thing that a a brand new agent could do is um, just get that training.
1: Well, Stephanie. You've shared a wealth of information for anyone thinking about working with developers, builders, and new home construction. Your building background, thirst for knowledge, and competitive spirit have combined to make a formidable real estate career. Thank you again for being our rising agent of the month. If you like the show and want to know when the next one's coming out, click the subscribe button on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you want to hear more episodes like this, give the show a five-star review and write a quick comment. I read them all, and it motivates me to keep going and share the top agent success stories with you. Thanks. If you're looking for more ways to generate leads, check out our sponsor, RealGTV, real estate agent lead generation television, and their giant database library of video trainings where top agents reveal, demonstrate, and discuss their best lead generation methods visit RealGTV, R-E-A-L-G dot TV. If you're low on funds or just want to get the maximum leverage, check out my masterclass webinar titled Top 5 Free Lead Sources for Real Estate Agents. Learn more at FreeLeadTime.com. That's FreeLeadTime.com. Oh, and if you have a real estate friend who needs some inspiration, tell them about the Success Calls podcast. And don't you forget to subscribe right now to hear all the great top agent ideas. Keep moving forward.
0: You've been listening to the Mastermind Agent, interview of the month club, where top agents, rising agents, team members, and guests from across North America reveal their success secrets, strategies, and systems in up-close and personal interviews. You can find all the club interviews at www.mastermindagent.com.